<laughs> I hope you enjoyed that belch. I, I did. I did. And you know what? Guys, we're recording this one pretty close to when we recorded another one, so fuck you. There's your intro. <laughs> no. Come on. No, I'm tired. I'm not tired too. Not talking about two very weird movies. They're not weird, Ben. They're they're from Japan. That's very true. They are from Japan. They are they are from Japan. And star a lovely young lady. Oh man, I'm gonna have to pronounce Japanese names. Oh boy. Ooh, dicey. Apologies to my sensei. Two films starring Meiko Kaji. Oh Jesus, there's a huge bombshell. Uh oh, what happened? No, oh, you texted me. Oh yeah, I had to text you. You count that as a horror movie? Fair enough. What? Which one are you saying is? I'm counting as a horror movie. Three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. So. <laughs> no, I guess it's more thriller to me. But I mean, I guess it could fall under horror. I find it as a psychological horror, but whatever. I don't know fucking some of these. This is gonna be great. I would say start with body melt. Yeah, that's that's an interesting name. Might be hard to come by. <laughs> Well, let's let's make it easy to come by. I might have to buy you a DVD and send it to you. Oh, then I'll buy a DVD. I mean, if it sucks, you owe me like four dollars. <sighs> I'll owe you probably more than four dollars. You want to know? Are you really going to the show? You're ready to really roll your eyes? Who has two thumbs and owns every Ridley Scott movie? This guy. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Fuck you. I won't be told. We're going to do them one day. It's going to be the second worst Mount Rushmore you ever do. The first is Inarashu. I will die before I do Inarashu. Scott, you'll tolerate Inarashu. You'll be like, I will throw myself off of this. I will fucking dive under a train track. Under the train track. Under the train. Under the oncoming train. Wow. 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 Let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to TWGTF, or as everybody knows it, from the blood-soaked streets of Japan to the blood-soaked streets of Japan. This is Two White Guys Talking Film. I'm, of course, your host, Ben. And I'm Tyler. Oh, my God. Can you explain something to her? That Japanese people's veins are more wide, that is why they spurt blood like that? Uh, Yes. Thank he says he says yes. <laughs> do you want to know that? Do you want to know the actual reason why they, their movies have so much blood? He's actually going to tell me the reason their movies actually have so much blood. It's because of Kurosawa. Oh, it's, is that? Oh, it's Kurosawa. It's specifically because of uh, Yojimbo. I think it's Yojimbo, or it might be. Yeah, the, Yojimbo has a couple has a couple pretty heavy kill scenes. There's a scene where it's like the like duel, and he slices a dude. In half, you don't see him get sliced in half, but you do see like this jet of blood come out. And what happened was, 
is he told the blood guy, the guy who's going to shoot the blood, he's like, I want, like, a lot of blood. And the blood guy, like, not wanting to disappoint Kurosawa, who's, like, notoriously very intense <laughs> on set, was just like, I'm going to shoot so much blood. And he accidentally shot all of the day's worth of blood in that one shot, and Kurosawa loved it. He thought he was going to get fired, because he was like, that's way too much. That's so funny. <laughs> he's, like, accidentally was like, I'm going to do the whole, like, he, like, accidentally did, like, way more than he was supposed to and he thought Kurosawa was going to fire him Kurosawa came up and was like I loved that Kurosawa was like you know what I don't say this to a lot of people but I don't hate you and so for a lot of samurai movies that's just the standard is just artisanal spray just just so you hit a vein and it's just it's so much oh my god it's it is truly with the damn samurai movies and these movies are no exception to that as well but before we get to those, we've got to go through the most captivating thing we saw this week. I, I know it hasn't been long since we spoke, but hopefully you have a second most captivating thing. I do. I do. Give me a second. Let me grab my phone. Kick, save, and a beauty. All right. I like that you and my father both say that. I don't know where it comes from. I don't remember. I've, I've, I've said it a lot, sadly. What did I watch? Oh, I, I got one. From 2009, I watched Steven Soderbergh's The Girlfriend Experience. A movie I have had much controversy at work about. Much controversy? Why? So, I bought The Girlfriend Experience on DVD on eBay. It showed up in, like, a Netflix... Like, remember the old Netflix cases? <laughs> Just came in a sleeve. Yeah, like a sleeve, but it had, like, the girlfriend experience printed on it with a small description like they used to have. By the way, classy move, Netflix. I always love that. And what happened was I brought it. I handed it to the person. I'm like, hey, here's – I think it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm like, hey, here's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Watch it when you can. Get it back to me when you need to or when you're done with it. They looked at it. They said, what is the girlfriend experience? I'm like, read it. And they just read it, and they're like, Sasha Gray. I'm like, yeah, the adult film actress transitioned over for one movie that was not porno. And she, they read it, they go, Ben, this is pornography. I said, no, it's fucking not. Like, to the point where it's now just become kind of a joke. Like, where they'll just be like, oh, the girlfriend experience. I'm going to go, not what you think it is. You don't get it, clearly. So, yeah, that's the joke of the girlfriend experience at work. Uh... If you hadn't left, I would have someone to help me explain this. But knowing you, you'd be like, I don't know what that is. I would be like, oh, you guys want to talk about porn? <laughs> Let's talk about 70s. And then I'd get fired. That's what, that's what would happen. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> you're, just, you're just coming in with the with like the incredibly impro inappropriate short films. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's 2009. Uh, Steven Soderbergh. I know, Ben. Could you imagine Steven Spielberg does The Girlfriend Experience? I would love the Steven Spielberg's Girlfriend Experience. What would that movie even look like? It's okay. I mean, it kind of, I just, all I see is E.T., but with fucking for some reason. <laughs> if that makes sense. I would, I, mean, I would also watch that. Horny E.T.? Horny E.T. Extra testicles. That's, 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 that doesn't work. No, the extra testicle works. Let's go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Anyway, The Girlfriend Experience is good. It's about how uh, capitalism sucks, and we're all commodified under it, and uh, it's bad. Yeah. Good movie. Uh, well, I will say this. I didn't have a lot of time, but luckily, 
I had enough time because my buddy Tyler recommended a movie for me. And it's the first movie in the trilogy of what I like to call How Me and Brianna Spent Our Friday and Saturday. Um, it's The Swinging Cheerleaders. So it's a movie about cheerleaders that like are on a swing? No. I'm, I'm going to read you the tagline. They gave their all for the team. It's a raunchy little drama slash comedy about a college uh, where women who support the football team... And it's easy to see how the same director of this made Switchblade Sisters. But, I mean, I'll say this. He figured out Switchblade Sisters. Like, he got that one right. This is a good double. I will give it that. This is, like, a solid double. But, like, Switchblade Sisters is, like, near perfect. This sounds like a Debbie Does Dallas situation. <laughs> no. No. It's, it, it, no. It, kind of, it, it kind of is to a certain like, extent. Not like, I'm not saying it's a hardcore. I'm just saying, like, the plot-wise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of. But, like... It's also, like, it's a little heavier because, like, there's a gambling subplot between, like, the dean of the school, the coach, and, like, the math professor. That's pretty funny. I mean, that's that's just bizarre. Like, we were... That's pretty I'll funny. Say it too, I'll say it, too. Like I said, the, each one of your movies kind of weirdly lost and won us both back over. The ending of this movie where the whole football team just shows up to fight the police is so fucking funny. Honestly, every movie should have that. You know, it that really movie's should. an A-cab. It just, yeah, like, they're just, like, it's so many people trying so many things. What's her name? Colleen Camp. What she's in? What, what, what was she in again? I mean, I'm going to blow yours and her mind. You remember the goody two-shoes two cheerleader who said they're engaged? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the maid from Clue. Oh. She was cute. Yeah. Well, she was cute in Clue, too. Swinging Cheerleaders, worth people's time to watch. Uh, it's raunchy, it's filthy. It's a movie that there was a moment where I'm like, you could redo some of this in 2021, and then the guy just drops a hard F-bomb, and we're like, nope, never mind. <laughs> Soik. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. It's like a fun little sexploitation romp. That's exactly what it is. It yeah. is a fun little sexploitation. It takes us on to our main event. Two movies from Arrow, and boy howdy were they. Listen, you didn't say they had to be good movies or movies that aren't super fucking weird, so... That's very, very true. I did not have to say that. You you let me go buck wild. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. And I've made that mistake. Obviously, 111 is, is on me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the first film is directed by my old friend, Tiro Ishii, who is the director of what is known in Japan as Uruguru Nonsenso, which is erotic gore nonsense. Hold on. Erotic gore nonsense? Erotic gore nonsense. There are movies okay. that d d don't make a whole lot of sense. There's it's, it's slightly erotic, and there's a lot of blood. He's most famous for a trilogy of films, a loose trilogy of films made around the same time called Shogun's Joy of Torture, Horrors of Malformed Men, and Orgies of Edo, which are all films that take place in the past and are all just gross and kind of abhorrent and fun. I picked the one movie that has like a plot <laughs> and uh, isn't um, so horrible, which is about Akimi, who is played by Miko Kaji, who is a dragon tattooed leader of a Tichibana Yakuza clan and has a duel with a rival gang. There's 
Uh, there's just uh, there's a guy with glasses who's kind of doing trying to do the yo Jimbo pit two gangs against one yeah, another to yeah, become the boss. Yeah, he, he sucks. sucks. Terrible. Yeah. Welcome other person to shit heel. Large <laughs> guy um, with glasses from this movie. Yeah. This this movie's this movie's got a lot of ideas. Not sure if all of them connect, but it's got a lot of ideas. Very uh, true. From 1970, from Teru Ishii, Blind Woman's Curse. ヤクザの風上にもおけねえ野郎だ。あげに。女だてらに雑巾踊りか。クイズのひれや。ああ。姉ちゃんたち。今のうちにわびれりゃ女中代わりに使ってやってもいいぜ。飛ばし。勝負
think Origins of Edo, if I remember correctly, or Edo is, is, is a horror movie, if I remember correctly. Kind of like a more of a stock Pinku horror film. I don't know if you've if you've heard the term Pinku, if you know what those types of movies are. No, I don't. Okay, so Pinku is kind of how the Japanese refer to like erotic erotic gore movies. They're kind of softcore porn in some cases with like some blood. That's why they're kind of called pink films. It's because it, they mix like sex and violence. Interesting. Okay. To a certain so extent. so they're um, almost like softcore horror movies. Yes. And okay. Ishii is like one of is like a cult pinku filmmaker. What else has this guy done? So He's most known, I'd say, I think his most famous film is Horrors of Malformed Men, which is a stone-cold, I think, classic of the Uruguro genre. It's based off of a short story by the guy who, like, essentially invented Uruguro nonsensu, Edgar Poe, whose name, if you sound it out phonetically, sounds like Edgar Allan Poe. It's like a Japanese version of that. That's so funny. He also did, like more traditional pinku films back like in the 50s one of his first films is like nude actress murder case colon five criminals like he was kind of an underground version of i'm trying to think of kind of just like a work for hire he did a lot of horror movies he did a lot of another movie that is on arrow is uh, yakuza law which is like a bloody samurai movie there's Inferno of Torture, which is, like, very, very violent, obviously. And this sort of lands in the middle of that, where it's, I think, much more of a traditional, like, action film with, like, elements of horror and elements of, like, pinku drama. But it is probably his most straightforward and straight-laced. Really? Because, I mean, like, there were moments, and I, I grant you it's also because, like, there's there's some interesting stuff that's, like, you got to kind of know, I guess, based in the culture. Like, it is a movie where it's, like, kind of playing, and I wonder if this is something I could compare it to from a previous episode from Hateful Eight. He's, like, kind of the guy who invented Ten Little Indians for, like, Japan. So, but... It's not quite horror. Like, it is, but, like, it's more like thriller horror, almost. Like, even though this is set in, like, samurai-esque times... Like, also, there is a gun. Like, when did that, when did that become? (laughs) It's not, it's not really set in Samurai time. I think it's, I think it might be like 20s, 30s. I don't know. It's nebulous when the movie takes place. I'm not going to stake my claim that he is like the inventor of a specific type of genre, seeing as like Japanese horror dates back to like page of madness which is like a silent film from the 20s there's a very long tradition of horror no, no, in japan I'm saying like i'm saying like a shove a subgenre of like horror is what i'm saying I would with this with this hero he's an inventor i would say he is a progenitor of it because he okay. he did do a lot of edgar rampo's work and turned like a few of his stories into films and he like that guy is like he is like the master of that like short genre horror from from japan around that time period i mean his short stories like the chair which i don't know if you've ever heard of the chair no um, i don't know the chair 
So the chair is about one day this like wealthy. Can we find like an audiobook of it? It's. I could do you one better. I could probably find you a illustration of it from my man Junji Ito. Oh, it's called the Human Chair. Yeah, I'll send this over right now. The Human Chair. Let me see if it's in English. That hold on. Is this about a guy who talks to furniture? No. Edgar Rampo was was well known for like writing like a massive short stories, like 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 so many. Um, <laughs> if you buy one of his short story collections, it's like a thousand pages and it encompasses like sixty stories or some shit like that. Like it's it's nuts. And so, I would say he's the progenitor of like this type of of like Uruguru style where it's like blood and 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 sexuality and kind of like taboo pushing. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, give credit where credit's due. I do love that like kind of in, set in this version of it. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It's the strongest that are respected. Like, yeah. I think that I think that's kind of a genius little move right there because it gives you the ability to have this woman be like at the centerpiece of this. And they, I mean, they treat Mako Kaji with like mad respect. Like, yeah, she's she's the best. <laughs> Both movies, they're like, yeah, she's the best. Yeah, like you don't mess with her. You don't fuck with her. She is just so interesting in both these movies because she kind of plays villain and hero in both of these movies. I would say with this one, she's more hero than villain. Oh, I, I think she's the villain in this one. Really? She's not the blind woman, right? No. Okay, she's she's the gang leader. She's the gang leader. Yeah, she's kind of the bad guy. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you can also argue the blind woman says it at the end. I've wasted my life. Like, yeah. Yeah, it is that real Simpsons. Oh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> oh, oh, I've wasted my life. It's this movie about about this woman who leads this gang, and the opening of the scene is essentially the opening of gangs in New York. One gang rises, the other falls, and she gets feels like she's been cursed because this cat was there, which I guess in their culture, cats are either very unlucky. Black cat is very unlucky. Yeah, I mean, that's... I wonder, is that where that comes from? I mean, the black cat is considered unlucky in, like, most cultures. True. It's because they're spooky. They are spooky. They're spooky little guys. Yeah, they are. I don't mind a black cat. They're cute. I think they're cute. And it cuts to three years later. She's running the gang, and there's now kind of another upstart gang kind of coming at her. And, God, that guy looks exactly the way they draw that guy in the Kill Bill Volume 1. Speaking of Kill Bill Volume 1, Miko Kaji's mu- music is used in Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. In the second movie we talk about, there's a piece of music used. I'm like, that's in Kill Bill. Oh, that man loves him some uh, him some movies. <laughs> he's annoyingly at times. But, you know. I don't know. I think, he's doing the, I think he's doing the good work. Put out the tenth one. Sorry. Put out the Kill Bill cut. You want to see that, huh? I want to see the full thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Shit kind of starts to go wrong for her gang because she doesn't, like, she thinks she's cursed, and it does kind of, it's weird how, like, this movie makes you think, like, oh, maybe she's just being paranoid, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, someone's there. Someone's been fucking with her this whole time. Yes. (laughs) Like, this movie is, I don't want to say it's threadbare in the plot, but the plot is so... It's literally, like, three sentences on Wikipedia. <laughs> like, the plot, there's, like, no plot here. Yeah. It's, 
and yet the movie i don't think the movie ever runs out of steam or feels like it's like circling the drain i just think that i think the movie just kind of like doesn't care about the main aspect of it yeah where it's like yeah there's this blind woman yeah she's been cursed yeah, there's, like, this intrigue and plot. But, like, we're going to spend 20 minutes at a carnival, and there's going to be this, like, dancer who's, who's like, a hunchback. <laughs> he comes into play. He comes into play. He's also an important figure, and I do want to talk about him. Because his name is Tatsumi Hichikata. Um, and he is, uh, he invented a style of theater and dance in Japan called Buto, which is terrifying. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Oh, he's, um, he's, he's nightmare fuel to a certain yeah. extent. Like there's, there's moments where he's jumping around and you're just like, oh, you're scarier than the thing in Malignant at moments, kind of. And he is one of the main forces, one of the main uh, people in Horrors and Malformed Men, which is a great movie, and I think people should, we should, I should I'm plugging it, because I think people should watch it. The reason I didn't pick it is because it doesn't have Miko Kaji in it, and I wanted to be, I wanted there to be, a, like, at least a theme. That's fair. You weirdly did have a theme. I weirdly had one for that, uh, for Nines. Who knows how the, the Wes Anderson comes out. The theme is Tyler's board. Yeah. No, the theme is... The password is... Password. How many do you have to watch still? Uh, I have to watch the, his entire filmography. I think. You haven't watched so, anything? It's, it's been so long since I've seen any of them. Oh, that's an interesting... Like, I want to watch Bottle Rocket, because I'm convinced that's my favorite. And I haven't seen it since I was in high school. So, you know, I don't like Rushmore. It's been, like, six years since I've seen Rushmore. It's been... Even further since I've seen Life Aquatic. Good lord. And I don't, I like avoid his movies like the plague. So I have to watch every single one of them. So it, 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 uh, uh, starting like tomorrow, I'm, I'm just gonna fucking be in the world of, of Wes Anderson. Sounds like a, sounds like a rough road to hoe. Rough road for me. That takes us kind of into the movies. Yeah, just about these two rival gangs kind of sniping at each other. And you think to yourself, okay. They're just wiping each other out, and guy with the glasses is kind of getting away with it. And then you realize, no, there is a third party playing here. And it's the woman who she blinded when the cat, like, was there. And this woman is, like, trained to kind of come after this woman. It's all it's all been, like, you don't realize that the revenge plot is not who you thought it was. No, you don't. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually, when they do it, that. Yeah, once it gets into gear, there's, like, this, like, mysterious, like, oh, man, these people are, like, dying, like you know randomly and they're getting their like their dragon tattoos cut off that's pretty interesting like what's that about and then you see like the black cat who like grabs the like hunk of back meat and runs off and you're like that's hilarious that's the funniest thing i think i've ever seen when that cat's on the string it might be the funniest thing it's ever. so funny more movies should do that she goes you could see the string i said yeah I go, I don't hate it, actually. It's great. Oh, it's it's a wild movie. So let's get to the end. And this is uh, something that was pointed out to me, and then I pointed it out to her. That sky does not exist. No. No, no, you pointed it out to me, and then I pointed it out to you in the second movie. I'm oh, like, yeah. that sky is back. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, that yeah, sky yeah. does not exist. That's like Mortal Kombat's guy. That's a matte painting of a sky. It is a matte painting of a sky. Yeah, the ending is very interesting. I like I like it a lot because they just. By the way, we were LOLing and JKing. Like I said, wouldn't it be funny during the song where it says a woman is the head of the gang? I said if they said ha 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 ha, and then it's like you would be fun to laugh, and I'm like, oh my god, they did it! Like they they made they made the thing I said happen on the screen. They read my mind, those bastards. I know, but like, so they kind of travel and they go to fight the other gang, and then it just turns out the last person there is the blind woman, and she's gonna take on the leader of the gang, and hopefully, because I feel like the leader of the gang doesn't want bloodshed. She just wants to rule her province, like, without bloodshed. Yeah, no, she doesn't understand why the other Yakuza gang is fighting them. She's like, I didn't order this. Like, why are they attacking? Like, why, what, what's happening? She kind of wants to stay out of it, and then she's like, I think I've been cursed, and everybody's like, alright. <laughs> Shut the fuck calm, up. Calm down, Mary. <laughs> And it leads to even more bloodshed and leads to, like, this big, big showdown. And then once they've, like, basically killed the entire other gang, and it's, like, blind lady's like, I did to curse you. <laughs> You're like, son of a bitch. I knew it. Yeah, but, like, I... Also, that blind lady, like, caught a sword wrong. Like, if she wasn't meant to get hit. It was an accident. I don't know. I feel like you could have talked to the blind lady. Yeah, I kind of feel that way, too. You're just like, it's just, what's <laughs> the line for when Homer comes into this job? And she goes, well, it's the cursed one. How's it working out there, cursed? And he goes, I know you don't remember me. <laughs> or the, like, the toy is cursed. That's, that's right. Bad. Oh, that's that's bad. But it comes with a free Froget. Woohoo! The Froget <laughs> is high in potassium benzoids. Can I go now? That's bad. <laughs> it does come down to the showdown between these two. And actually, this feels a lot like Kill Bill Volume 1 and the final fight between her and Oren. You know, Kill Bill Volume 1 took that from a different Mako Kaji movie, which Lady is Lady Snowblood. Snowblood. Yeah. Yes. Which is in the Criterion Collection. Good I movie. I should watch Lady <laughs> Snowblood. Lady Snowblood. Good movie. But even this, though, like some of the fight at the end feels very like bitter and very like raw. Mm-hmm. Because you always got the feeling, I don't know if you feel this way, that the bride was always trying to compete with Oren on a different level than the others. Yes, not to just talk about <laughs> Kill Bill out of nowhere, but yes, I, I do agree with that. You know what I would love him to do? Kill Bill Volume like, 3? No, yeah, but no. I would love for him to do his 10th movie, whatever it is, and then his, like, first thing he does as a limited series is he just does ten episodes to take you from, like, the start of them becoming the Deadly Vipers up to the betrayal. And just, but do it with new people. Like, just, like, just be like, look, these are them. We're not, we're not saying that those other things don't exist, but this is them when they're younger. Yeah, I could see that. As long as it's not the anime section in Kill Bill, because that's, that is the roughest section of the movie. It's hard to get through, I agree. Yeah, but... Rough. Yeah, this this just ends in the fight where and it's kind of also like the ending of of Meek's cutoff where there's like this kind of like just dour moment where you're just like, oh, what was accomplished here? What did we get out of this? It could That's, be nothing. Yeah, exactly. That is a rough one. So. I mean, what else do you want to talk about this? 
I want to talk about, I think both movies, and we'll get to the second one, but both movies make, I think, very good use of allusions to Japanese theater. Now, the next movie we'll talk about it mm. does it a lot. This movie, specifically with literally hiring a guy who invented, like, an entire form of theater called Buto, and with, like, its lighting scheme and, like, the matte painting of the sky and, like, the cat, it, like, I think it owes a lot to Kabuki. Oh, um, Kabuki sure. storytelling, which I think is fucking rad as shit. This movie's cool. I mean, it's it's very. You know, I'll say this too. It reminds me of what a Japanese giallo might look like. Yeah, it just uh, especially doesn't one guy get like cut and just like fucking just blood everywhere? Yeah. He oh, does. it's when the shitty dude dies and he gets he gets. Fucking, oh God! Does he ever? He bleeds. <laughs> The only one better than that is someone runs behind a curtain and cuts someone down, and you just see a bunch of blood spray out. Yeah. Bloody movie. Yeah, it really, really is. Kind of a movie that also begs the question, is vengeance really worth it? Is vengeance worth it? In this this reporter's mind, I say yes. (laughs) This movie says maybe. The next movie says... Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Hell yes. Hell yes, you son of a bitch. I'm gonna get mine. I'm gonna get mine. You best believe, Jerry. You best believe. It's just, it's just some angry woman on Jerry Springer just grabbing the mic. What would? How would you elevator pitch this movie? I guess uh, I, I, you would have your, to do it. Yeah. yeah. You ever seen a movie where a girl is in charge of a gang for samurais? Well, if that's not enough, this movie's incredibly bloody too. I think you should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is a samurai sword. I bought it. It's mine legally. I'm sorry that I have to be the samurai of the elevator. That's not yeah, on me. Yeah, no. Someone's got to do it. What would I pair this with? Good luck. I've got a perfect pairing for the next one. That's easy enough. But this, you know, probably... Damn, I got I got nothing for this. Well, if you're, sw- if you're flipping over to me, I would pair it with a little movie called uh, Hordes of Malformed Men. There you go. Or Blind Beast, or, you know, any number of those Uroguros. You know what? No, Kill Bill Volume 1. I I was right the first time. (laughs) This has got some real real bitterness like that one does. I'll tell you, though, nothing's maybe more bitter than the character in our next movie that Amigo Kaji plays is, is quite bitter. Quite bitter, and the reason is it's because she used to spy for her first boyfriend, a police detective named Sagumi, to investigate a drug smuggling ring. However, she ends up getting busted and getting sent to jail, and she now is in jail as prisoner number 701. That's right, we're doing a women in prison film. I think it's her first ever women in prison film. Released and produced by the Toei Company and directed by Shunya Ito. His first film as a director, which is impressive, given this movie's visual styling and just sheer fucking badassedness. From 1972, Female Prisoner 701, colon, Scorpion. ナイトクラブへ私は潜入していった。危険は感じなかった。
私の心にはいつも杉見のことしかなかったから形をなめるんじゃねえ映画札の犬だっていうこと上がってんだ誰に頼まれたかいいよし言えなきゃ体に聞いてやるこれでとうとうてめえらの尻尾をつかんだぜ麻薬取締法違反おまけに婦女暴行現行犯だ<笑>すべてあんたの筋書き通り運んだようだな負けたよ。これで共存共栄互いにのしていけるよ。<笑><笑>はめられた心底愛していた月見に奈美ご苦労だったな。bananas it fucking rocks dog i mean dude it's it's really strong there is not anything about this movie that i don't think doesn't work i said to her like because i stopped it, i was like i think she kind of needs this 
where she pulls that blanket and that pot spills on her. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, fuck, like, this rules, because this is a revenge movie, and she's going to take out each one of those girls, and then she's going to take out that guy. Like, it's essential. I mean, it's Kill Bill in a prison. It is Kill Bill in a prison. It is a revenge movie. It is also a movie that hinges around a mean girl plot, and God love me. I do, I love, I do, love, I do love that it is like mean girls in prison. Oh, my God, you're right. It's so fun. Where God damn, like, that, is, that is very true. You just have, I mean, like, six girls who fucking hate her <laughs> and it's just her picking them off one by one yeah she's like she goes you think you think you the first you ain't i had my heart broken by a cop and i tried to stab him <laughs> i came at him with my boobs out and a knife in my hand i don't give a fuck this movie like, fucking this movie this movie whips it, it is a lot of fun so let's talk about it she is in prison and the first time we see her she is running across the field with her friend Yuki, and they get caught, and they are put back in prison, and they are put in what is essentially Japanese solitary confinement, which means your arms are bound, and you are forced to lay in a cell. It's pretty fucked, is what it is. You know what I gotta tell you? I probably wouldn't act out again. I'm just saying. I, I also wouldn't act out again. My favorite thing about the, the escape is when, in the movie, they're supposed to kill a dog, but you see that they like- That's you so see. funny. We you see the dog, and the dog's too. just, like, wagging its tail. It's like, huh? Hi! Hi! <laughs> we, I, believe, like, I believe I described it as, oh, I'm dying. Look at me. I'm an acting dog. Like, he's just like, I just want to play. He's like, they give me treats for how long I stay down. It's it's real nice. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, you can tell he's super fine. I'm just happy to be working with you guys, you know? I'm just really happy. Oh, oh the, he said action? Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah it's so fake so they get recaptured they're put in jail and there's these other women who i guess are like kind of like the top of the food chain they all wear the orange dresses and it's so great how he uses that small bit of color yeah to just establish like these are the women you need to hate yeah it's this little bit of pop they're different than everybody else it's so good this movie's use of just like color and of lighting oh, is how about so the cool where she's being chased around with the piece of glass what's so cool about that is we're, i was i want to talk about like the theater aspects of it i was showing naomi i was like you have to watch this scene. i know you don't want to watch the whole movie but you gotta watch this scene and when she gets cut the way they shade her and the way they do her makeup makes her look like a vengeful spirit from like a like a no play so mm-hmm. they put her into prison. The first person who fucks with her is the woman who's feeding them and is just kind of pouring hot soup on them. Rough. Yeah, she she sucks. I don't like it. And, I mean, Matsu or Scorpion gets gets her revenge by pulling a, a piece of rug out, essentially pulling the rug out from under her and burning her with her own soup. That lady gets the same treatment that the pedophile in uh, Sleepaway Camp gets. That is true. That is the same treatment. One of the worst deaths in all of the movies. Really? Sleepaway Camp, huh? Sleepaway Camp's got some really just upsetting uh, uh, kills. Interesting. I don't watch Sleepaway Camp in a while. Have you never seen Sleepaway Camp? No, no, no. I've seen Sleepaway Camp. Trust me. I know know about Sleepaway Camp. I'm just going to say, highly recommend it if you've never seen Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, it's kind of one of those movies that just like blows your mind in the last like 30 seconds. (laughs) It is horrible, but oh, it, 
I kind of love it. I love it for the opposite reasons. <laughs> it's horrible, if that makes sense. Yeah, like you're just so pleased. It's honestly like, oh, this couldn't ruin the goodwill of this movie. Like it almost maybe even helped in some ways. Not even that. I just, I kind of find it like queer camp, like kind of like it's yeah. it's stupid and dumb and over the top and definitely from a place of homophobia. But I kind of have come to accept like Angela rules. I love Angela. Oh yeah, Angela gets hers. Angela's a boss bitch. She is a boss bitch. So it's... Speaking of boss bitches. Yeah, speaking of boss bitches, Scorpion then decides she gets out of Gen Pop, and the next thing, <laughs> or she gets, let me rephrase, she gets back into Gen Pop, and, well, it's true, I mean. It is, no, it is, you're right. The women are like, are kind of being like, oh yeah, we heard it was you, like, we're gonna get you, and she proceeds to just start taking him out one at a time. She plants like a, she plants like a lock pick on one of them, which is so smart. She, Yes. And then when she gets caught, she chases her, and then she closes the fucking door on her face, and she, like, smashes her head into glass. It's great. She picks up a piece of glass and chases her further, and that's where it gets kind of kabuki-esque. And she then proceeds to stab that guy in the eye, and that guy doesn't freak out. I gotta give that dude credit. I'd be like, well, this is, this sucks. This has ruined my day. And he becomes kind of the new villain of the movie because they kind of have a big riot and they grab a couple hold of cops and they hold themselves up in this work area. And all the while, her former lover who betrayed her. So, by the way, that's the most brilliant sequence of the movie is where she's explaining what happened. That reminds me of Shinjin Suzuki's Tokyo Drifter. Have you ever seen Tokyo Drifter? I haven't seen Tokyo Drifter. Fucking, you need to see Tokyo Drifter. All right, I'll look into Tokyo Drifter. Is it on Arrow? Um, it's not on Arrow, but it should be on the Criterion channel. Oh, fair enough. Where it kind of, like, cuts from, like, one sequence into another sequence, and, like, the colors change, like, the sets change, and it's just, like, this wonderful, like, change of, of pace. And it's just like, wow, the art director is just going fucking insane. This movie kind of has that same sort of feel. I don't know if you've heard of Seijin Suzuki, but if you like this movie... <laughs> <laughs> then you should check out Tokyo Drifter. You should check out Branded to Kill. You should check out like any of his movies. Go to Hell Bastards <laughs> are fun. You could just be saying words and I'd buy that right I now. Could. I could. But specifically like Tokyo Drifter, Branded to Kill, Fighting Elegy has some of it in there. But like he really is like a master of surrealism. And this movie has flashes of those where it kind of it'll cut from someone talking about a memory to something else it plays with lighting very direct and very elegant like there's like so many interesting visual and like camera cues in this film where i'm like this is this dude's first movie it's um, very impressive right it's For very impressive movie? It makes me want to watch the two others that this guy directed in this series. I will, of course, be watching the final movie because I'm not going to just leave it hanging. But there's two more films in the Lady Scorpion series that are directed by this guy. And I've heard the second one has even more <laughs> good shit in it. So I'm very What are they excited. called? So they're all called Female Prisoner Scorpion. The next one is Jailhouse 41. So wait, the next one is called Female Prisoner 701 Scorpion. Uh, they just become 
female prisoner scorpion. Not 701. Oh, female prisoner scorpion. And then the next one is jailhouse 41. Jailhouse 41. And then female prisoner scorpion beast stable. And then the last one, which is these are all on arrow. Our female prisoner scorpion 701's grudge song. Are they all directed by him? Three of them are directed by him, and then the last one's directed by someone else. All right, so maybe just go with the first three. Yeah, I mean, but, like, well, I'll, we'll watch that. Oh, well, yeah, of one. course we'll watch the fourth one, but if it doesn't work, we'll be like, well, obviously. No, sure. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to do an episode on all of them, but we're not. No, no, but who's to say at the same time? Sounds like we have a female death wish is what it sounds like. It sounds like we have a female death wish, yeah. Yeah. She has a couple series. She also has the Stray Cat Delinquent series. I mean, she's really good in this, man. Like, she's, she's got... This is, yeah. Yeah, like, this is a masterwork. She is Japanese Audrey Hepburn in terms of her beauty, but has, like, Tilda Swinton-level craziness, like, in terms of her, her performance. Her eyes in this movie. Yeah. Holy shit, right? Just so angry all the time. Oh, there's rage in her that you can't quantify. That's what this movie, I think, gets so well. Is like, yes, all of the shots and all of the, like, the, the 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 framing and stuff like that are really really good but she just is just boiling over at every moment and i love it i love it it makes moments like so you have the ex-boyfriend yeah he's who, a piece of shit he's a real piece of shit who is like Using one of the mean girls to kind of plot to, like, essentially kill her. (laughs) It is kind of great how, like, they're going to take that and that's how they do it. But, like, she gets away and, like, I don't know, it's weird. She weirdly also goes through, like, some real tribulation of, like, being beat up and, like, she's tough. The movie, I'm I'm, I'm not going to say it's, like, 100% great because there's definitely some assault in the movie. (laughs) It is very much of the, the era in Japan and a women's, women's prison film. So there's some sex stuff that's not great, but I'm not going to be like, oh, the movie needs it because it doesn't need it. But I think the movie shows how she's like overcome this, overcome so many obstacles. I Like I said, I don't think it needs it, but it's there and I can't get past it. So it definitely is like a like a downer for the movie can i Um, give you something this is not what i'm gonna pair it with but you know what it kind of reminds me of yeah it reminds me of the woman who did the babadook second movie yes the nightingale yeah that's the kind of intensity she has where she's like it's not because i have to do this it's because i need to do this this has to be sorted out Mm mm-hmm like she has one thing on her mind and it's pretty apparent yeah and that one thing is that i must kill yeah (laughs) <laughs> my favorite sequence in this film i know we're not talking about it quite yet but my favorite sequence no, is fine. when they start digging the holes and it's like you're like why are they digging holes like why did it turn into holes with shia labeouf and then it becomes a thing where she just like doesn't stop digging her hole and every like they're like we're gonna punish literally everyone else because of you and then everyone's like well fuck her and then she just outlasts everybody i think that's fucking awesome well, it's very cool hand Luke in a lot of ways, too. It is very cool hand Luke. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's kind of a crazy title that just works as well. I don't know how better to put that. It's one of those patented uh, Japanese titles where it's like super long 
name and yeah it just works it's a good it's a good old good title raw looking good time i think it really is so she keeps picking these people off and eventually it gets to the point where like she gets out of jail for a little bit she breaks out because there's a prison riot yeah there's a huge prison riot which she kind of gets caught in the middle of and it looks like they're going to kill her at one point also let's just say those women sexually assault those male police officers they do like I said, this movie is definitely of its time in Japan. And she gets out because of this, and she goes and she gets her revenge. She really does start by killing the Yakuza members, and she starts killing, like, the police force. And she starts killing, like, like everybody. It's great. It's good. And she's got this, like, wonderful get-up, like, this, like, what I think has become... Oh, it's so good. It's become, it's become like like sort of what Mako Kaji is like known for is this it, specific it's look with like the photo. big black rim hat and like yeah. the black gown and it's just really cool and striking and it's just like nothing you've ever seen before it's so good you know too they don't make her out to be a superhero either like she almost gets beat a couple of times and I mean, like, her getting beat, like, almost getting beat, it's realistic, you know? Yeah, like, that's she's what I scrappy. mean. Like, she's, that's like, the, that's she's the Nightingale an underdog. as well. Yeah, that's yeah. the Nightingale as well. Like, that's two things that, wow, that's very interesting. I mean, it makes you root for her because she's, she's the underdog. She's the underdog yeah. the entire time. Yeah. I'll say it. Best shot of the movie might be the last shot. It's real good. Yeah. It's, like, a real, like, holy shit, like, she accomplished her goal. She's going back in. Because you got to wonder, is the next one her cleaning up the prison? I don't know. But I gotta hope so. Yeah. It came out the same year as the first one. <laughs> Damn. They electric boogalooed it. They really, they turned it around. The first movie came out in August. The second movie came out in December. So I think they were just making them back to back. Oh, that's fair. They were like, nah, this is gonna work. We know. Because that's what they used to do back then. I mean, Kaji had, I think, all of the Stray Cat, Stray Cat Rock series, which is five movies came out within a year of each other like the last one the first one came out in 1970 the last one came out in 1971 damn dude so they just pump movies out back then also damn. all of those movies are up on on uh, arrow arrow yeah maybe we'll just do a month where we have or we'll just do a month where we have you do what do you call it japanese movies like this because this isn't once again this is like this is a prison movie that's the other thing that needs to be said. This might be one of yeah. the finest prison movies I've seen since Prison on Fire. You know, I I didn't want you to mention it because I thought that's what you were going to pair it with. No, um, no, I, no, I have I have something else. So, have you you've heard of women in prison films, right? Yeah. Have you seen any of them? I mean, I think I think I've probably seen one, but I mean, I couldn't tell you what it was. It was way back in the day. I bet I know what it was. What's that? Was it Caged Heat? Might be Cage Teed. Yeah. Cage Teed's a good movie. Well, do we want to talk about the ending or? We should, right? She, I mean, basically, there's a riot. She murders. <laughs> she doesn't murder, but she, the women get she, fed up she, with. She murks. She doesn't murk. She doesn't murk in prison. No. She doesn't murk the big, the big bad of the prison, of the, of the mean girls. Yeah the group mercs her <laughs> oh that's true that is true yeah they and, all are kind of sick of her shit and the a bunch of women get shot because the police are quick on the trigger and 
one police officer gets shot and then as he's dying shoots the rope and the rope falls in the fire and it burns her that's, to death. That we, which laugh, is we laughed out loud. So good. We laughed out loud when she fell into the fire. We're like, oh, it just got worse. We were from like, they cooking gets... her like a pig and then it's like, oh shit, pig fell in the fire. From there she gets out and she kills the accuser members, she kills people on the police squad and then finally she kills her ex-boyfriend in a just a gloriously violent way. And then she walks back into the prison, and you're like, wow, okay, fuck. It's pretty impressive. It's great, too, because they don't really let her get into uniform until, like, the last 20 minutes. No, and then and then you're like, okay, that's where that is, and that's why that's so cool. She looks fucking dope in it. She looks fucking dope, dude. I, I like, need to watch the other movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's a I mighty dis- need. <laughs> I don't disagree with you on that one. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's gonna stay here as uh, the more I think on it, but like, it's got that real like something I would want to put on a big screen just to fuck with people. Yeah, kind of yeah. energy. It's the kind of movie like Tetsuo, where you're like, I don't want to tell you what this is about. I just kind of want you to experience this. Yeah. How was that on a big screen? I haven't seen it yet. It's later this month. It's the 25th. Oh, the 25th. I'm excited. Mighty need. I'm gonna show up as early as I possibly can and get like a front row center seat. Just, just like positioning it out, using like a, a cartography map. Pretty much, yeah. I have, I, I know the position in my head where I want fourth row, middle seat. Fuck up everyone else's night. <laughs> and he'll just be like, "Woo!" Everyone has uh, to plan around me. No, I understand what you mean. Well. Leads me to ask the question of how would you pitch this, Ben? Yeah, yeah, no. So, still the guy with the samurai sword, still guarding the elevator. Um, did you like her in the last movie? Well, let me tell you, man. Let me tell you, she goes hog wild in this one, and she doesn't even have swords. She just kind of does it with everything around her. She's like female Charles Bronson in Japan. You want that? Trust me. I believe she uses a straight razor at one point. Yeah, she really does. Oh, I'm here, by the way. But he also has a samurai sword, but he doesn't like. I, I, I like came in through the side panel, like picking my head in the elevator somehow. Yeah, you're you're the maintenance. Yeah. Oh, what would I pair this with? Is very simple. Um, Switchblade Sisters. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, it it kind of works perfectly. It's like a very similar theme of like women like wronged. Yes. Honestly, I thought Switchblade Sisters was going to all be in the prison, like the entire movie. <laughs> That's you kind of get that feel, and then it's like, actually, no. Ah, we lied to you. And what would you give this? I give this movie uh, four and a half stars. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I'm sitting right now. Oh, yeah, it really is. She's amazing in it. She's so good. I'm. I now want to watch like her most of her oeuvre. Yeah, she has a good track record thus far. There's a lot of nudity in this movie, by the way, too. There's a lot. We didn't really talk about it, but there's a lot of nudity in this. Yeah. Once again, another horny movie by the Japanese. You know, what am I going to do? Pick not horny movies? I mean, that's fair. That's very fair. Speaking of which, what are we doing next week? What are we doing next week? I don't know. It's your decision. I don't. Where is my phone? Ben! Yes? I want you, maybe less randomly, but to pick two horror movies from Arrow. Okay, two horror movies from Arrow. Or you can pick two just two horror movies from anywhere. I don't really care. But I would prefer Arrow. 
You know what? what? I'll tell you what we're going to do. And I'm sure it's on there. The first one we're going to watch is a 1964 movie. And it's a movie that's pretty famous. And, you know, it fits under the thing we usually do during this time of the month. It falls under Giallo. We're going to look at Blood and Black Lace. Yes. And after that, oh, hey, look, Blind Woman's Curse. <laughs> and the second movie we're going to look at after Blood and Black Lace is a movie from, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say this. Blood and Black Lace. And then since I can do any two horror movies is what he says, we're going to also watch the 2020 movie that you say is fucking terrifying, The Empty Man. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, there you go. Blood and Black Lights and the Empty one of my Man. favorite movies of last year. All right, Yeah, cool. I know. That's why I'm excited to do it, because it also sounds like it might be coming somewhere else in the year. Maybe. So for next week, there's that. And you guys can obviously follow us at TWGTFpod on Twitter and Instagram, respectively. You can follow me at Movie Loving Lucha on Instagram and at ET Critic on Twitter. Tyler, where can they follow you? I mean, I could tell them, but you, you know. <laughs> they can follow me at Lenny Dykstra on Twitter. I don't know what that is, but sure. It's a very funny joke if you know who Lenny Dykstra is. Talking, 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 talking
バラにゃトゲがある刺したかないが刺さずにゃおかぬ燃える燃える燃える女の恨みいぶし死んで花見が咲くじゃなし恨み一筋生きてゆく女女女命の恨み」。